Well, the brackets are set. It is time to tip off the state high school basketball tournament in Georgia. This is WTOC Sports Director Jake Wallace with the latest edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening and taking some time with us, everyone. This is one of my favorite times of the year because the Georgia High School State Basketball Tournament really does have a lot of the same drama you'll see next month in March Madness. There are upsets. There are dominant teams trying to lay their claim as state champions. And quite frankly, things just happen this time of year on the court. You see players break out. Players become stars. And teams make runs that will be remembered in their communities and across the state for years to come. So the state basketball tournament going to conclude in Macon with the state finals in early March. But we got to tip everything off with the first round. And that begins on Friday. Several games going to be hosted on Friday night and Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening here in the Savannah area. Um, This is a... Oh, kind of a wide-open year. Uh, you'll hear a couple interviews coming up with uh, some state high school basketball experts, Justin Young and Kyle Sandy, going to join me on the show here in just a few minutes. I'm a big fan, like I said, of this time of year, and, and I think when you go to Macon and you see these state finals and you see how these communities rally around these teams, it shows why high school basketball in the state of Georgia is so good. People often talk about the high school basketball scene in California, in New York, in Ohio, and some of these places. Georgia is as good as any, and it's not just in Atlanta. Savannah is obviously a hotbed for high school basketball talent, but you look around some of the smaller communities in southeast Georgia, and there are really, really good teams and really, really good players that'll be performing uh, starting Friday night and hopefully all the way up to Macon. So we'll get into uh, looking at the the state tournament here on this podcast, and we'll start on the boys' side of things. And to do that, I spoke with Justin Young, the editor-in-chief of HoopScene.com. Here's that interview. All right, joined now by Justin Young, the editor-in-chief of HoopScene.com. They cover high school basketball all over the state of Georgia. You've been all over the state of Georgia following teams, following the stories of the high school basketball season. I know it's a busy time of year. I appreciate you taking some of it with us. What is this time of year like for you and, and high school basketball fans all over the state? Well, if you're not watching the court, you're watching your phone, right? So you're like, you're trying to see as much as you can in person, and you're, at the same time, you're, you're constantly like checking Twitter, you're checking Max Preps, you're getting texts, you're getting calls. So it's just a matter of uh, just trying to keep up with all the madness keep your head on a swivel just like you're uh, you know <laughs> like you're out there on the football field so it was a great time of year though man of all the years i've been doing this i've been doing this in georgia for 20 years i couldn't tell you who the definitive like no-brainer pick to win state in any classification in the whole state of georgia it's going to be a wild wild state tournament so to that end it's great man it's the best time of year yeah it's it's been wide open all year and one of those teams that Maybe not a definitive favorite, but one that certainly looks like they have a great chance is right here in Savannah. It's Windsor, Windsor Forest. I know you saw them a couple weeks ago. When you look at this Knights team, what do you see? I see a fun team. I see a team that is hungry to win. I see a team that's as good as the teams that were that went to uh, making the play for the state championship a couple years ago with Johnson Savannah. Um, 
you know, when they had that place rocking. And I see a team with this Windsor Forest group that's just as good as those teams were. Um, you've got a guy, Shamar Norman, who is as good of a scorer there is in the state of Georgia. I don't know if you're if you're not in the Savannah area. I don't think you would know and appreciate just how good he is. He's a thousand point scorer. Uh, he's one of the best shooters in the state. He's dynamic. Um, he kind of he, he kind of has that attitude, like you know what? I'm just gonna keep proving people wrong. And I love guys like that this time of year. Uh, he's focused. He's determined. Um, and I and I would feel great if I'm on his team, and I'd feel even better if I was his coach, <laughs> knowing that he's on my team and the guy that we can get the rock to. And so I really, really like him. But moreover, man, I, I also think this is the year that we're starting to see Deontay Bass really come into, into, into his own and becoming one of the best players in the state. That's, you know, Shamar was one of the reasons I came down. Obviously, they were playing Johnson. I was down there a couple weeks ago, sold out to him. And uh, Shamar was great, but Deontay Bass was also awesome. He had 21 points, 22 rebounds, blocked probably six, seven shots. Um, and as a guy that I'm going to be considering for one of our top five sophomores in the state of Georgia and a guy that I could see really blowing up nationally this year on the travel circuit. Um, and the state tournament is one of those, one of those um, you know, profiles and platforms where his name can get out there a little bit more, too, uh, based on the team success. So that's a really scary team, uh, I think, in that bracket and in a, in a program that should be good enough to contend for a trip to make it in March. Yeah, Shamar Norman is one of the best players I've seen this year. Reminds me a lot of Damian Lillard just in terms of scoring ability and attitude. He's an absolute killer on the court and one of those guys that you kind of need this time of year. Um, when it comes down to big buckets, he wants the ball and he usually makes the shot as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what it came down to last year for one of our things. Like, Tri-Cities out of Atlanta, they won on a wild three-point shot at the buzzer. You've got to have guys that can hit shots because in a year where everything's going to be really close, in a year where I don't think that we've got a definitive winner, you've got to have guys that can hit shots. And we see it in college basketball, we see it in the NBA. You need guys that can hit long-range shots. And so a guy like Norman, he's a dude that you can put the ball in his hands, let him draw up a play on the sidelines, or let him kind of make some stuff on his own. But he's a guy that wants the ball, wants to take the shot. And in a year like this, you need to have a guy with that kind of confidence. I was talking to a guy uh, here in our area who's a region rival of the Swainsboro Tigers and he told me, he said, if that team doesn't make it to the state title game, something went very wrong. Is that your assumption? Is it title game or bust for Swainsboro this year? Um, I think any team that plays in the tournament probably thinks it's title game or bust. So yeah, I would have to, I would have <laughs> to think that that's their mindset. I mean, you look at that region they were in, though, and that region prepared them for what should be a really good run for them uh, to play the teams that they did. And Jeff Davis, and you have to play at Vidalia, and then you've got Woodville Tompkins, and so you've got those types of teams that you've got to play in the regular season. I mean, three of those teams, if not all four of them, were in the top ten throughout the course of the year. So I think it also goes to show, too, just how good that team is by looking at their all-region team. I mean, Emmanuel Hackett, A.J. Kingsbury, and the Seabro Twins are both all-region, or all four of those guys were all-region picks. Uh, in a region that has a really good, you know, group of teams and good talent, all four of those guys were first region picks. So yeah, I mean, I think the expectations are there uh, to be a state championship team. And if you look at the bracket, um, you know, they're going to have a tough test if they get through their first game, which they should. They're going to have a team in South Atlanta who also should win the first round. That is going to be a really tough team. Michael Reddick, the head coach there, is really experienced and has seen everything that they have. So. Um, getting past those that second round, I think after that, you're like, okay, this is a team that contend. But I, I'd hate to say it's for bust. It, it is, no doubt, but that's a tough road to get through right out of the gate. Weird things happen this time of year 
every single year. Weird things happen, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why we love it, though. That's why we love it. It, it's part of what makes this tournament so fun. Speaking with Justin Young, the editor-in-chief of HoopScene.com. You can find his work at HoopScene, that's S-E-E-N.com. Justin, you mentioned how wide open this tournament is, and when, when the seedings are all based off region tournaments where kind of also anything can happen, sometimes you end up with really good teams in that three or that number four seed slot. Who's the team from Southeast Georgia maybe going on the road this weekend that you think has the ability to make a deep run? Well, that's a good question. I was looking at the brackets, and I was trying to think, like, who would fit into that category. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of teams are going to be playing host. I do think there is a top-heavy group uh, in the state this year that um, I think the home teams have a clear advantage. But if I was looking at one, I think Jeff Davis would probably be one, only because they've got a guy that's probably one of the most competitive kids that I've ever seen. And Jaquez Kirby is going to Murray State. They've got to go up to Laney and Augusta, a program that has rich, rich basketball talent. And Augusta is a tremendous basketball community, just like the Savannah area and the coastal area is. Um, but I think if any team has a chance to go do it, it's Jeff Davis. Because Kirby doesn't want to go out in the first round. I mean, this guy is a guy that flat out competes. Um, there's a reason why Murray State, one of the best mid-major programs in the country, made him a priority. They wanted to get his competitive spirit in their locker room. Um, and so I think you look at a guy like him, and he's not going to go down easy. And, and I think that that's a team. Um, if you get a win at Laney in the first round, that's as valuable as like a Sweet 16 win, if you ask me. I mean, that, that's a tough place to play. Um, but I think of all the teams that are from the coastal area that are going to be going on the road, I think Jeff Davis is the one that could be making the most noise. Yeah, you, you mentioned Jaquez Kirby and how much he broke out just a couple years ago. And you think back for, for folks here in, in our area, you remember you know what Tukey Brown did at Georgia Southern, the run he had at Morgan County that really propelled him into kind of the, the uh, name in Georgia high school basketball. This time of year is when guys kind of make their, I guess, the legend in high school basketball. You mentioned Deontay Bass at Windsor Forest a minute ago. Who's another guy that could really – kind of do that for themselves this year? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we talked about them already. I think the Seabro Twins, um, we've seen them a lot on our travel platform, and those are two of the toughest guys that are out there. It's so hard. I mean, anytime you have one guy like that that can beat you up down low, and you got another guy that's just like him. Um, I think I think people that follow basketball well enough know they're really good. I'm not sure on a statewide level if they can appreciate just how good they are. I could see them really taking an uptick in their recruitment going into this travel season uh, where college coaches can be out a little bit more actively on the spring and the summer. I think those two guys probably fall in that category. And even for like a senior, and I know like seniors, a lot of their stories are already kind of written, but I think a look at uh, Ken Gerard down in Camden County. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think every year in Region 1 and 7A, there's a team that really – kind of upset stuff. Maybe because in Atlanta, um, the narrative doesn't make it all the way up there for as far as the coast, particularly from Camden County, but Ken Gerard's a tough dude. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he's versatile. Obviously, he was Region 1 Player of the Year. Uh, that a guy that I could really see him kind of spark, uh, really spark some interest. If they win the first round, they play Hillgrove in the first round, they will more than likely host Norcross or Lambert, two really, really good teams uh, in a game that's going to be down there on the coast at Camden County, which should draw some eyeballs. So I think he's a guy that could fall in that category. Even though he's a senior, I think a game like that could really uh, probably put him in position to get some opportunities to play at the next level. If you're a high school basketball fan this time of year, you have to be checking out hoopscene.com. Justin Young's the editor-in-chief of the website, going to be following the high school playoffs all the way 
to Macon. Justin, keep your phone on charge, man. I appreciate the time. Have fun this week. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. So as Justin said, as I said earlier, this is a wide open year, and there are a lot of really good teams uh, that have a chance. If they can get hot, they can find themselves in Macon. One team I'm really interested in watching this this month are the Vidalia Indians. Um, seven seniors on this team. This team is as experienced as any in Class AA. Of course, the Indians have gone to two straight state finals. They've lost both of them, but Tommy Daly and his team are not going to be phased by anything. They are not going to be afraid. They are not going to be intimidated. They are a really good team, and as Justin mentioned, that Region 2 AA is just a grind. You look at everybody in that region and how good they are at the top. Just winning games in that region against the Jeff Davises, against the Swainsboros, the Woodville Tompkins, that will prepare you for what this grind of the state tournament is. And I think the Vidalia Indians have a really good shot of making some noise. Now, they've got a really tough opponent in the first round in Butler out of Augusta. This Butler team won 18 games this year. They are not a pushover as a three seed going to Vidalia in this first round game. But if the Indians can get past Butler, I think they've got a really good shot to make some noise as they try to get to their third straight state final. Another team that I think is going to have a really good chance of getting to at least the final four, the Statesboro Blue Devils. They're 20-1 and in their last 21 games. That one loss coming in the region final against Wayne County last week at home. This team led by region player of the year, Zarion Griffin, 21 points a game, 5 rebounds a game, and he's got a supporting cast in Joe Burns and Kobe Altman. A really, really solid Blue Devils team led by longtime head coach Lee Hill. The Blue Devils going to be the two seed because they lost in that region tournament, but they're a one seed by resume, one of the top five teams in Class 5A according to most of the rankings. The Blue Devils going to try and make some noise, see if they can get to a Final Four. All right, to talk now about the girls' side of things, and of course here in Savannah, that great tradition of girls' high school basketball, including the two-time defending Class AAA state champion Johnson Adams Smashers, the Beach Bulldogs once again looking like a state title contender in Class AAA. We've got Calvary, a top-10 team in the Class A private ranking, so a really good uh, girls' basketball presence here in Southeast Georgia once again. And to tell us all about how that fits into the greater state of Georgia as we roll into the state playoffs is Kyle Sandy of Sandy Spiel. Here's that interview. All right, we'll talk now on the girls' side of things with Kyle Sandy of sandyspiel.com. You can also hear the Spielin' and Dealin' podcast over there, and he's going to join us for a little bit of time here on the WTOC Sports Podcast. Kyle, it's a, it's a busy time of year, but uh, you have some fun this time of year, don't you? Yes, Jake, I do. It's uh, very busy, like you mentioned. Uh, a lot going on, a lot to try and, uh, you know, round up and gather up and kind of wrap my head around. But uh, it's very exciting to know that all of that hard work I've done with the state rankings all throughout the year, I just kind of throw it out the window. It doesn't mean anything this time of year. So it, it's kind of rewarding, but, you know, it, it's fun. It's exciting. Kyle, always, also always the best-dressed man on press row in Macon. <laughs> Kyle, let's talk Class AAA, where Johnson is the two-time defending state champion. The Adam Smashers on a 20-game winning streak. They win a region title. Is it them against the field in Class AAA? Because it kind of seems that way. Yeah, it seems like 
headset way pretty much every year, whether it be them or Beach. But uh, yeah, Johnson's really good. Uh, I think if you know you're, you're picking a team, you, you got to start with Johnson. I know when I filled out my bracket, I had to go with the Adam Smashers. Uh, they're really tough, like you mentioned. Everybody in your area pretty much knows Jada Burgess. All those girls, really, really good, uh, and, and especially on that quadrant, they're coming out of a quadrant where. I think Lumpkin County is a really tough at-large bid team, but I think they're going to be too quick for them, uh, too talented. I think they should beat them. And then in their second-round matchup, they might see a, a superstar freshman in Courtney Ogden who's going to end up being a four- or five-star recruit when all said and done if Westminster gets past Fanning County in the first round. But I think Johnson just too long, too complete of a team, too much good guard play. I think everyone's chasing them in Class 3A. Who is it in AAA that they can meet in Macon that, that you think gives them the best run? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of difficult because I think, you know, once they get to the Final Four, that might be one of their best challenges because they might end up seeing Jefferson or possibly even uh, GAC, who has a really good guard, and Kaylee Abbey, who averages 21 points per game. Um, but if they pass that test in Valdosta and they get to Macon, um, you know, it's it's probably going to be Beach or it's going to be maybe a team I have going to the Final Four and uh, getting into the championship, North Hall. But uh, I think Johnson's just an overwhelming favorite. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them play Beach for, what, the fourth or fifth time already this year. That's usually a, a pretty good bet to see those teams hook up. But if it's not Beach in the title game, um, maybe North Hall because they do have some shooters. They did come out of Region 7, which was very tough. Uh, they move the ball around. They have really good guard play. But, again, I'm, I'm thinking Johnson is a team to beat. Johnson, of course, this time of year, always willing to play the everyone is against us card. And, and uh, Brandon Lindsay never shy or unapologetic about how good his teams are. And this one might be one of the better ones he's had over with the Adam Smashers. In Class AA, we got a Vidalia team in your top ten rankings. Uh, a, a great story for the Indians. They lost longtime head coach Chunk Reed earlier this year, and, and now here they are contending for a state title, and it would appear they have a really good draw in their por portion of the bracket. Yeah, I, I think they're, uh, they would have to be considered a favorite to make it to the Final Four. I mean, just looking at that quadrant, um, no one else, I don't believe, is ranked in the top ten, not to say that the top ten is the NLB all, um, but on paper, Vidalia looks like a, a pretty good favorite uh, to make a deep run. Now, um, you know, Jefferson County coming out of Region 4, they've seen the likes of Laney, uh, Josie, Butler. So they've seen some really good teams. So Jefferson County could be a, a live underdog. But I do like Vidalia. Uh, I think they should be able to get to the Elite Eight where, uh, you know, they might see either East Lawrence or Rock Mart in the Elite Eight. Rock Mart has uh, Kiara Berry, a junior that has over 2,000 points in their career, averages probably close to 35 points per game, um, but she's really a one-man band, and I think Vidalia is a team that has a, a lot more balance there. Uh, so I do like Vidalia uh, to make it to the Final Four, and like you said, they do have a, a somewhat favorable a quadrant to come out of if you're looking at it just on paper. There's been a lot of talk this week, especially on social media from, from coaches, about the way Georgia High School sets up these brackets. And there's a lot of travel that goes into it. You mentioned a minute ago the Johnson girls are hosting Lumpkin County from Dahlonega uh, this weekend. What What's your take on the way they set it up with, with the predetermined region matchups with 
how things are determined by region tournament. Is there a better way, or is the way they're doing it the best way? I am fine with how they're doing it right now. Ask anybody in Class A private and Class A public how they like the power rating system. They hate it. They really do hate it. And, you know, it's it's always people that are complaining about these matchups and, you know, oh, we got to play a really good team in the Elite Eight. Well, if you're going to win a state championship, you're going to have to beat good teams eventually. Whether you beat them in round two or round four or round five in the championship game, you have to beat the best to be the best. So I know some people are complaining about it's really tough, and I know travel can be difficult and this, that, and the other, but it's how the brackets lay out. If you get your job done in the region tournament and you win your region, most of the time you're going to have a, a fairly good path. Now, you know, the GHSA, they switch up. The, the regions and uh, you know who who plays who in the first round and that always changes. But uh, for people to complain about this stuff, it, it's it's set in stone. It's going to be like this. It's always going to happen. Uh, ask people in March Madness. You know, there's always going to be a, a favorable draw or an unfavorable draw. It just is. It is how it is. You you, you can't worry about that. You got to beat the best to be the best. And again. You know, if you get your job done and, okay, you might have a state championship caliber game in the Elite Eight and you, you beat them, um, that, that stinks for the rest of the state that they're not seeing it in Macon. But uh, if you, you, you slay that dragon early in the you know that round, um, not to say that you're going to take your foot off the gas pedal, but you, you know you, you feel really good the next two rounds. So uh, I, I understand how people are upset about it, but the brackets are what the brackets are. Don't worry about it. Don't point fingers. Don't, you know, everyone's trying to have the, the, the easier route to get to the state championship, uh, and obviously so because everyone's a competitor. But at the same point, just take care of the team that's in front of you. Don't worry about, oh, I had a harder route. Oh, they had an easier route. It is what it is. The brackets are what they are. Just go out, tip up the ball, and get the job done and get to making. I agree with you on the competitive front. I do believe that at some point you're just going to have to play somebody, and, and when you get to the Elite Eight, there are very few bad teams. I do worry a little about, a bit a bit about the travel, though. At some point, when you're asking teams to travel across the state on a on a Friday night for, for a game, it seems to be there could be a regional aspect to this where you maybe play a, a north-south bracket or something like that. What are your thoughts on the travel? Uh, you know, travel is always going to be very difficult, and someone's always going to get the short end of the stick. And, you know, a, a regional bracket, it's a, it's an interesting concept. Um, but then if you look at it, you know, traditionally, I know in the, in the smaller, you know, and when you're looking at like Class 3A and the smaller schools, usually South Georgia uh, is represented much better. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you get to like the Class 7As, you know, you have your Tiff County that comes up every once in a while. You do have your Brunswick that comes up every once in a while. Uh, but, you know, traditionally, when you're looking at it, uh, it's usually going to be dominated by those big schools, DeKalb County, uh, Gwinnett County, uh, Fulton County. Those schools are just bigger, and they're always going to, you know, be able to get, get to the, the state title game, it feels like. So to have them kind of cannibalize themselves just to make it, the travel a little bit easier for the, the, the you know, the, south, the southern schools. And, you know, it, it goes the same way. You know, if a team from the north, like you said, Delonga is going to uh, – Savannah, you know, that, that, that's a long trip for them, too, so it stinks. So it, it does go both ways, but um, to break it down in, into the, you know, north versus south, I think it does get a little bit tricky, and I think it, it will cannibalize uh, a lot of the, 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 the better teams that we think are in the, the northern
southern part of the state, you know, making and above, it, it gets tough for them. So there's never going to be, a, you know, a, a great solution. There's no a golden pill that we can swallow and then everyone's going to be happy. That's just life in general. Um, but it is what it is. And at this time of year, you just want to be thankful that you're in the field of 32 and you have a chance because there's a lot of teams that are left out in the cold that would die to be in your position. Absolutely. Kyle Sandy of sandyspiel.com going to cover the state playoffs, the busiest time of year for, for this gentleman. Kyle, appreciate the time. We'll see in Macon. Hopefully we'll have a couple teams there. I imagine we will. Uh, Kyle, appreciate the time. Good luck this week. Jake, I appreciate it, sir. I will see you in a couple weeks. You're right about that. So once again, things start rolling on the state basketball tournament here in Georgia on Friday night. You'll have some games on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening as well. You can find the full schedule for all of our area teams at WTOC.com. I'll also repost that on my social media pages at WTOC Jake Wallace on Facebook, at WTOC Jake on Twitter. You can keep up with your team and, and all the teams in our area on WTOC.com and, of course, on air, WTOC, the news at 11 every single night. That's going to do it for this edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. We appreciate you downloading. We appreciate you listening. We're going to continue to do these as we move forward into the future. Appreciate Justin and Kyle for joining us and bringing their expertise onto the podcast. It's going to be a fun time, folks. One of my favorite times of the year, the state basketball tournament tipping off on Friday, and WTOC is going to be there to cover it all the way to Macon and the state championships. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon.